1: On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, OU to the SEC is official, so we discuss what stood out to us from what we heard from OU's leadership in Football Guys Talking Basketball, we break down what Sam Presti and the OKC Thunder did in the NBA Draft, and to finish up, we give you our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? Our man Michael Hostey will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, August 2nd, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And every night from 6 p.m. to midnight, August 1st through 27th, you can win your share of $300,000 in cash prizes and bonus play in Riverwind's $300,000 Riverwin River. Oh, messed that up. win winniversary. There we go. Got it. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now we're recording this on Sunday night. Ted, I feel like I've watched like 500 different sports this weekend <laughs> with the Olympics, Formula One, soccer. I'm watching you, the United States and Mexico are playing in the Gold Cup right now. It's just like I have consumed so many different sports. My brain hurts.
2: No, I, Hey, I get it. I've watched, you know, I've been just uh, watching the Olympics for the most part. So I've gotten a lot in some gymnastics, some diving, uh, some BMX, which is, it? am I the only person that thinks that all of those skateboarding and BMX and all that stuff should not be an Olympic sport. And I like it. I, I think it's fine, but. I don't know, man. I don't get it.
1: Why do you think it shouldn't be an Olympic sport? Because it involves – do you think Olympics should just be like your body and like a <sighs> ball or something? Is that what you're I saying? Is, is the the machinery, is that what – I don't know if machinery is the right, right word. I don't but.
2: know. I guess I, I guess I just don't think of that as uh, – it's always been like kind of your core stuff like swimming, track and field. Uh, Olympic weightlifting, like stuff like that, feels like Olympics to me. Like the, the skate—I don't know. I just can't. I can't get into like the USA mindset watching skateboarding.
1: Wait till I think it's 2024. I'm pretty sure break dancing becomes an <laughs> Olympic sport. I could be wrong. I may have just made that up for no, but For I some reason, I, I think that's that right. Happening.
2: And then there, there's always like this big push to eliminate wrestling from the Olympics and I'm like for breakdancing or BMX I I don't get it. And again I love I love watching it. I think it's amazing, but it's just it does not feel like an Olympic sport to me. I you just uh,
1: I, I don't know That's how many old man of me. I don't know how many listeners we have like it, it, when you look at the Venn diagram of Oklahoma breakdown listeners and BMX bike riders I don't know how big the the crossover is in that Venn diagram but it uh it'll be interesting to see if you get any backlash for this
2: I'll tell you what's weird well not weird I understand totally why but our our Venn diagram there's a very big crossover between uh football and gymnastics with this uh with our listenership you know big and softball and softball.
1: It's, I don't think it's a coincidence that the people that listen to this podcast are also big fans of everything that OU is good at.
2: Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, Yule Moldauer was going today. And uh, I hate it whenever, because I can't tell if something's like really, it all looks really good, right? You're <laughs> you just know, like, you oh my see- God, this stuff this guy's doing is amazing. Right. So whenever the announcers are like, oh, my God, that's God awful. How horrible. It's like you really ruined the whole rest of the uh, the routine for me there. It's like,
1: Guys, way to way to kill the <laughs> mood. I was trying to support this. OU guy and you just you're making me feel bad now that it did not go well, well for our man Muldauer. But it, it's OK. He was still there. Still an Olympian. Yep. Pretty badass. Cool. Still fun. OK, please leave us a five star review and a nice comment while you're at it. Also, if you are interested in sponsoring the podcast during football season, you can reach out to Teddy or me on Twitter, or you can email us at theoklahomabreakdown at gmail.com. Got some nibbles this week, Ted, in some discussions. We'll see where it goes. So so reach out, theoklahomabreakdown at gmail.com. Well, we have to start here. OU to the SEC Official. On Thursday, the SEC presidents voted to an ex- to extend invitations to OU in Texas to become members of the SEC. The OU and Texas Board of Regents both accepted those invitations during their meetings on Friday. And OU in Texas are officially members of the Southeastern Conference. And I, I've noticed something that some people call it the Southeast Conference. It is the Southeastern Conference, just, just so you don't look dumb in front of your friends. I'm just trying to help. Southeastern Conference, mm-hmm. not Southeast. So they, they are officially members starting July 1st of 2025. And the Board of Regents meetings and presentation <laughs> and operation could not have been any more different. Texas was like, all right, yeah, we're doing it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're not talking. All right, see it In and out. Boom. Done. They wrapped up real quickly. And OU's leadership, not so much, Ted. I think it's safe to say they wanted to thoroughly,
2: thoroughly explain things. Right. Well, because I, I guess Texas was getting pushback for a different reason, right, with A&M. Oklahoma was getting pushback for – leaving a, another state institution behind, kind of weird dynamic, complete opposites. Uh, Texas's member state institution is like, hell no. We're, we want to be the only ones in this club. You're not coming. And obviously us, uh, we're bailing, and it's like, come, please take us with you. So it was weird. They, so Oklahoma was in a position where they kind of needed to explain themselves a little bit more from getting so much heat on the other side.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll get to some of those reactions uh, from some, uh, some Oklahoma State people. But first, let's kind of hit the highlights of what Joe Harris, the president there at OU, and, and Joe Castiglione, the athletic director, said... Uh, spoke publicly and I, I thought what Josie had to say was, you know, was solid. And as we all assumed, uh, this was not the timing they wanted on this announcement and this entire thing. Now, Josie is a classy guy. He didn't come out and say text saying you ruined it. Thanks a lot. But he did say, and it, it was clear that it bothered him that he didn't get to talk to the people that he has grown very close to over the last couple of decades in the Big 12 about this first. And it's all Texas A&M's fault, Ted. Absolute clowns that yeah. they moved this timeline up the way that they did. And you, you could see, as Josie was talking about it, how much it bothered him, I thought.
2: Yeah, and I, I totally get that. You know, there's a – this is a massive decision and with huge ramifications good. And in some cases bad. So to not be able to, to go about it on the time frame that you hope or you plan is, is worrisome, but you know what? With something this big, I'm shocked. They kept it secret as long as they did, you know, like whenever you're talking about something like that, all it takes is just someone to say, yeah, I heard they're kind of maybe in talks and that is it. It's out. And that, that would run crazy. So the fact that they were negotiating this for so long that it never got out is pretty impressive. So, I mean, I, I do get it. You, but it really doesn't matter. I had it happened at a different time frame. I mean, would have landed any easier
1: No it's just and we'll see how long this takes right but it just makes it more awkward now yeah. and i i have always lived by the the saying awkward is what you make it so <laughs> if 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 the other 8 big 12 teams want to make it weird and awkward that's on them that's that's their problem
2: yeah well i i believe um you know the angst over wondering how and when to break the news to somebody is probably worse than just ripping the bandaid off. Like it's happened here over the last, I don't know what 14, 20 days. Yeah.
1: But the problem is when I rip the bandaid off and I'm, I'm telling you, I am a rip the bandaid off guy. I'm not, you know, slow. It's also like, I'm not a dip a toe in the pool guy. I'm like, Hey, shock the system all at once. Let's jump in. That's, that's kind of how I live life. But, I, I want to do it on my timetable, if that <laughs> sure. makes sense. Like, if no I'm sure. going to rip no. that Band-Aid off, I want to know I'm ripping it off and I'm making the decision. If I'm jumping in that pool, I'm doing it. I don't want Texas A M yeah. deciding when I do it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Do, do you understand
2: my analogy? No, no, I do. A&M definitely came up without us knowing and ripped our Band-Aid off, okay? Yeah, we
1: Tough. snuck up yeah. behind us, pushed us in the pool.
2: That's right. Well, hey – um all of that considered, I thought I thought the meeting by the regents and Josie and the things they said, President Harris all all went down about as good as, as you could imagine.
1: Yeah, I, I thought Josie had the line of the day when he said standing pat would mean falling behind. I thought that, that was uh, that was something you could print on a poster or put in right. a press release. That that was solid. I thought I thought President Harris said said some really good things, and some of the things he said, you know, going through the reasoning, and I know he went through every single reason in detail of what led to this decision, but one thing really stood out to me, and it was what he said about the Big 12 being last in line for meteorites deals, and he basically said, that the research they did, the discussions they had, that they thought if they didn't make this move, eventually OU Athletics may have ended up having to use money from the academic arm of the university or money from the state government to subsidize athletics. And when he said that, I was like, what? That just lets you know that the discussions they had about the various options, the different ways they could go with this. Like when they explored the big 12 option, what they, the feedback they got was alarming, like very alarming. When he was saying that stuff, I was like, Holy
2: shit, man. Yeah. No wonder you're leaving. That's crazy that, you know, and I don't know why that there, how much, less they they thought maybe they were going to get in the future or what those negotiations were going to be like. I mean, you, you accompany that with a ever increasing budget. I mean, it's crazy to think because OU produces a ton of revenue. They're one of the few schools out there that doesn't borrow from the, the general fund or the the state governments totally self-reliant. So to think that that is in danger, it it tells you a couple of things. Number one, the cost of doing business for those athletic departments to stay competitive, to stay at the front of the line, it's really, really, really expensive. Uh, But then on the other side, it's like you're tied to a conference and, you know, I've been saying it forever that it's, it's holding you back. I believe the big 12 has been holding Oklahoma back for, you know, monetarily, competitively, you know, there's a bunch of different reasons. So, yeah, I mean, whenever you you get into that, that makes people uh, reconsider if they were frustrated about it or didn't like it. That that right there kind of tells the tale.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, the other thing that a lot of people are talking about is what he said about Oklahoma State. Said basically they tried to bring Oklahoma State with them, but the SEC didn't want to. I mean, he didn't come out right and say that, but that was kind of my interpretation of things. He said it in a much nicer way. He said like it's it's not the what the market we're operating in would allow or something. He said it. Right. He, he sounded very nice and very smart saying it, but he did make it clear that OU still wants Bedlam, which I thought was very important, and I don't think that anyone that heard him speak doesn't think he means that. I still don't understand why some OU fans don't want bedlam. And now you've got tweets from Dr. Schrum there at Oklahoma state on Sunday where I, I just don't understand it. Ted, like the, the president of Oklahoma just came out and said, we want bedlam. And Oklahoma State's president reaction is in a tweet, and it says, Many have asked about the future of Bedlam. We enjoy the intensity and tradition of whenever we play OU in any sport. Right now, there are too many unknowns to determine what the future holds. No, there are not. There are not too many unknowns. Play the damn game every single year in every sport. It's a, it's not complicated. It, you... What unknowns exist where you can't say, yeah, we're going to play him every year? I mean, it's not that hard.
2: It's not. Uh, you probably, in all honesty, you probably have Mike Gundy in the room saying, no, let's not play it. We do not want to play that game. No, absolutely not. The guy's beaten OU twice over his like 15-year career at Oklahoma State. He does not want to play that football game. And obviously, everyone else in the room is probably saying, "Well, this is a big revenue producer for us. We we need this football game." So, yeah, I to me, I, I mean, I could understand a little bit some Oklahoma fans saying, not that they don't want to play the game. Why? I cannot. Un- well, is it because OU wins it all the time? There's 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 two things that. That I can understand, I don't agree with, but I could see the point. Number one, it's the ultimate like slap in the face to be able to like in a bedlam. It's always about in a, a rivalry. It's always about who has superiority. Whenever you can walk away and say we don't want it, is like the ultimate uh, like trump card, I guess, for some people to be able to say you're not important to us, you're not relevant to us. I don't agree with that, but I think that's where some fans are coming from. The second part is it's, it's too difficult of a game. Now, I know we win it 90% of the time or whatever the numbers are, but it's more difficult of a non-conference game than you really need. One of the luxuries of being in the SEC is no one will ever bring up your strength of schedule ever again it's almost like that totally does not exist in, in this world anymore. That's only for Big 12, Pac-12, 12, you know, non-Power 5 teams. The, the, all of those peons live in the world where we're going to scrutinize your schedule. SEC, that's never going to happen. So if that's not going to happen, you can lock in a bunch of powder puffs for your non-conference slate.
1: Those are the only OU two. fans have been bitching about the non-conference for years and years and years. And now you're telling me that some of these people want powder puffs. I just pulled it up.
2: Alabama. But you're going to play for 4 years, you're going to play a bunch of it'll basically be all non-conference games. Like new places, hosting people you've never had. So instead of Bedlam, they'd
1: rather oh, OU play New Mexico State like Alabama's playing this year or instead of Bedlam They'd, oh, AM, Prairie View AM is who AM's got in the November cupcake week. LSU, Louisiana, Monroe. They'd rather, OU fans would rather have that than Bedlam. Uh, Ole Miss actually not playing the uh, cupcake game. How about that? Good for you, Ole Miss. Neither is Auburn. Good for you, Auburn. Mississippi State, Tennessee State. OU fans would rather have Tennessee State than Oklahoma State. Keep Bedlam alive, people, or else you're going to get a bad game. That is what it is going to be replaced by your Western Carolinas, or as Georgia has, Charleston Southern. That's who that game will be replaced by. So if you don't want Bedlam, you're getting another crappy game. That's what's going to happen, people. So keep Bedlam alive. Stop saying you don't want it unless you want to watch a complete blowout, which, okay. I get it, but we've been complaining about that for years.
2: Hey, totally with you. I want the game. I, if it were up to me, our non conference would be Oklahoma State and Tulsa every single year. Yeah, you've said that uh, a lot. That, that I, would be sweet. I don't think there's any reason to pay schools out of state. And I, I just, I'd love to keep it all right here in Oklahoma.
1: Did you see Gottlieb's tweets?
2: I saw people referencing them and I've seen some of the things that he's had to say. He, he doesn't make any sense.
1: He, his radio show is solid by the way. Like he does a good job, but
2: yeah. Well, anyone that's got like massive opinions one way or the other, it can be an entertaining listen, but,
1: he said he went. He had he had some interesting tweets, and him and Eddie were going at it. it. Was so funny, but he said OU has done irreparable harm to their brother institution. He also said OU and OSU are far more viable to the Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC, and he also he, he then said people don't understand the biz, which I was like, what? Okay, But then he also said, refusing to go without OSU is the right thing to do. He said that OU should have said no to the SEC because they wouldn't let OSU come.
2: It's the right thing to do for who? For Oklahoma State? OU refusing to go to the SEC without Oklahoma State is the right thing to do for Oklahoma state, not for OU. It's not even close. And if he understands the biz, he understands the dollar bills and Oklahoma state and, and Oklahoma more viable to the pac 12 is ridiculous. I'm sorry. He doesn't understand the biz. Yeah. I,
1: I saw that and I was like, wait, does he really not think that Joe Harris and Joe Castiglione explored all the options? You know, looked at all the different possibilities, going to different conferences, received feedback, asked the right questions to the right people, and then took all of that information, digested it, and then landed on the decision that they landed on?
2: Of course that's what they did. The Pac-12 is dead. I I don't even know why he's he brings up the Pac-12. That's ridiculous. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have nothing in common at all with anyone in the Pac-12. It's not a it's not a football region. I mean, it's just not. It's not they what they do. It, it's they it's professional there, sports.
1: There's some there's some great fan bases in the Pac 12 like or- Oregon's got really good football fans. USC's got great fair weather fans when they're good. People show up. Washington, Washington does have a good fan base, but it- it's just a fact, man. People people out there don't care about football the way that people care about it here in the state of Oklahoma. I mean it's just the truth. And yeah, I I don't think anyone no one's gonna enjoy or that's that's definitely not true. I won't enjoy if Oklahoma state just like falls off the map after this. And I don't think they're going to. I think this is going to actually be a good thing for Oklahoma state. I know that's hard to believe. They might they may not bring in more money or as much money as they're bringing in now off TV contracts, but they may win more football games. And everyone likes a winner. People will donate to a winner. So we'll, sure. we'll see, but I just yeah. The, the backlash is, I mean, it's, it's to be expected, but some of it, I just hear these people like, and it's like, they don't think that Joe Castiglione who's the best athletic director in all of college athletics didn't look at every option and like made this decision lightly. And it, he actually came out and made sure people knew that he did not make this, they did not make this decision lightly. So I don't, I don't know, but it was, it was confusing. I, did you watch the uh SEC special on no, SEC
2: Network? I didn't. I think it was I think that came on while I was doing my show Friday.
1: Yeah, so I, I DVR'd it. Our man Noka, friend of the show, did a great job playing point guard. Uh, Herb Street tried to kill it with just I don't know what was going on. He was
2: in a he was in a somber mood about the whole thing. It was it was weird. Well, his like his statements that he made were like He doesn't like where college football is going and how it's, you know, people are forgetting the rivalries and the traditions and it's all about money. Apparently, he's only okay with himself making money. There may not be one single person in the entire country who has benefited more financially off of college football than him. And that includes all of the coaches. I don't know how much he makes a year, but it's a bunch and he's been going to the bank off of college football, but it's only okay for him. It's not okay for anyone else. Apparently.
1: That's a tremendous point, Ted. And I, to his defense, he was like, can I get used to OU playing Georgia and playing Bama and playing AM? He's like, yeah, I can't. So, but it was a really somber tone until he got into that. And OU fans are, I don't know how they're going to process. I, because I watched the entire thing because I was curious and it it ended with like a video narrated by Feinbaum welcoming everyone, welcoming OU in Texas to the league. I was like, what is happening right now? I felt like I was in a dream. It was bizarre, but.
2: That's interesting though, that, you know, because I didn't see that Feinbaum uh, welcoming everyone to the league, but I did see one of the board of regents say, welcome to the SEC. And it reminded me of, are you a George Carlin fan? Oh, yeah. Did you Have you ever heard the airplane bit that he does where the stewardess we comes on? used to listen
1: on. to a George Carlin <laughs> comedy-like CD at my house way back in the day.
2: So hey, bro, funny. <laughs> all I could think of was the bit where he says, the stewardess comes on and says, welcome to Atlanta. It's like, you're not even there yet how can you welcome me to a place where you're not even at? <laughs> That's what I was thinking whenever uh, one of the regents said, welcome to the SEC. That's funny. Um,
1: anything, anything else? I will say this. One, one thing I will always wonder is, you know, cause we, we kind of avoid talking about COVID on here. I, I think we've done a good job of keeping it sports focused and all, will these wonder if this would have happened without COVID, right? You think about like all the, how, how COVID has impacted all of our lives and how it impacted sports, you know, sh- shut everything down. Like, I wonder, d- does OU even explore different options? Like, are, do do they even start looking and start having conversations without the revenue shortfalls that COVID uh, created? I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they get to the SEC eventually. And I, I think they probably would have. Right. But I wonder how much this speeded that process up. And I I don't know if we'll ever know, but it was just something I was thinking about. And I was like, that's, that's kind of crazy.
2: About this time last year, I think I talked about it on the podcast. I know I talked about it on my radio show that I had heard from a little birdie uh, in the know that, Because of all of the unknown with COVID, like, there's some serious conference realignment talk going on. And, like, the biggest roadblock to all of that is obviously the grant of rights. And really, like, the networks are, like, kind of the people that have to be willing to talk about renegotiating things. And because of all of the unknown, because of budget shortfalls and what was going to happen, all of the networks were in a, 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 a place where they were willing to discuss, like, getting different parameters out there and maybe people moving around and tearing up uh, current contracts and deals that they had. And like there, I think this time last year, there was a lot of talk about it. And then... You know, you get into the season, you you reach some type of, of you know, feeling like things are normal again whenever we played the football season, even even though it was anything but. Uh, but I think that you're, you're 100% right that COVID and, you know, all of the uncertainty that it brought definitely got people not necessarily to the negotiating table at this time last year, but at least had them sitting down within their own organization saying, what are we going to do for the future? And do we need to start looking at some different things?
1: Yeah. Just, I hope someone writes a book about it. And I told Josie, I wanted him to write a book about it. And just cause like, I, I think we all would like to read about how it all came together. Right. You think like the causes and then the process, the conversations, and then the the whole it hitting during SEC media days, Texas AM leaking it, the process, the, everything moving so quickly the next, what, seven to 10 days? Like, that would be a really cool book to read. I hope someone writes it.
2: I think I'm sitting here thinking now that you said that you'd have to like, for theater sake, you'd have to like condense everything together, but you could make it almost like draft day with Kevin Costner (laughs) and turn it into a movie, which which everyone knows is a phenomenal film (laughs) and ramp up the intensity, ramp up all of the, the things around it. Who do you think would play Joe C in a movie?
1: That's a good question. Anyone come to mind? Uh, what George Clooney? Just in case Joe listens to this.
2: Oh Clooney? yeah, George Clooney for sure. Clooney, that's great. Here's the thing, though. You can't make the movie until OU wins a championship in the SEC, right? National yes. championship. Or that's it's how like you, twenty like, bring years. The whole thing in.
1: Or it's like twenty years into it, and that's the ending. It's like, and all <laughs> OU fans are still miserable.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Okay,
1: for our call your shot question. Because we've, we've talked about this a lot, Ted. So we asked the listeners, are you tired of talking about OU going to the SEC? Why or why not? Because, I mean, we, we've hammered it and just kind of want to make sure that we're talking about the stuff you guys want us to talk about. And uh, Mitch Johnson on Twitter chimed in and said, no breath of new life into all things OU. Mitch, our download numbers would agree with you. I mean, still just still rolling.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the thing, man. It's because it's not just football. Obviously that's, that's the main focus, but it's a breath of of fresh air, a breath of life for all of the programs. I mean, it's going to be way more difficult in softball, which is a good thing. I think people want more of those big time games. It's going to be way more difficult in baseball, which may not be a good thing at the beginning, but, uh, you know, we're going to have to get on board and pour some money into that that program and some resources. And I think eventually, it could be something that brings OU's baseball program back. Uh, I think it could. You know, so I don't know. I I think it from a a million different angles. There's there's stuff to talk about.
1: Yeah. Okay. B Miles at B underscore Miles ten on Twitter says, "I'm tired of it simply because it's time to get to work." A victory lap on our way out of the Big 12, with Natty number eight right after. Won't be easy getting to. That's all that needs to be focused on now. Yeah, I can't imagine that this is a distraction to the team. It's like, oh, hey, we're going to the SEC sometime in the next couple of years. It's like that. The players, the players acknowledge it. You know, you saw a lot of the guys tweeting about it, being like, okay, this is cool, but. I mean, it's got no effect on this season. So I can't imagine it being a distraction. It, would, it makes no sense for it to be a distraction.
2: I wouldn't think so, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's big enough news to where... It's definitely huge news. I'm sure that every football player, whenever they go somewhere around family or friends that are outside of the program, uh, it's probably all that anyone wants to talk about. Well, so what do you think? Well, you guys can't wait to go down to Alabama, I bet. You know, just like stuff like that, you know. So I wouldn't think it's a distraction, but gosh, I I guess I, I would never know. I, I wouldn't think so, especially by the time you're playing football games. We'll be talking about football. We won't be talking about, well, maybe we will be. I don't, I don't know. I, f- I feel like we're going to be following the SEC way closer than we ever have this year, but. I don't know. I guess I could see, I mean, anything can become a distraction if you let it be, but you know, I, I do think that this is a, you know, a focused football team that has some really good goals ahead of them. And I can't imagine something that may happen next year or the year after is going to be a distraction to them.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's not like they're starting to game plan for sec teams. It's not like the defense is watching Bama's office. Like it, I can't, it shouldn't be a distraction at all. I, you I got agree. your opponents, you're playing your games. You game plan, you play. I mean that—that's it. You're going to the SEC eventually. Hell, I mean, what percentage of these guys are even going to play in an SEC game?
2: I mean, I guess that's that all depends on the timeline, right? Yeah, maybe a bunch of them, but I—I I don't know. We'll, see. we'll see about that.
1: All right, let's get to FGTB. But first, let's talk money. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma, tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more, they do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community, FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. Football guys talking basketball, FTG. That's not right. FGTB. But letters are hard. Oklahoma City Thunder, they drafted some guys. And I will say this, when Jalen Suggs fell to five, it made me hate the Los Angeles Clippers even more for tanking that game because the Thunder should have been in position to at the very least draft Jalen Suggs, who a lot of people think is going to be an all-star caliber player. So I just wanna I wanna get that out of the way first. But God, the Thunder could have had him. Damn it. But but they do draft with the sixth overall pick an 18-year-old Australian Josh Giddy. Teddy, he's six eight. He's got great hair. He's got a great accent. Your thoughts.
2: Well, I'm just like you. I would have loved to see them uh, take the Suggs kid. I don't know why they didn't. They've only got a billion picks that they could trade to move up a slot. And maybe, you know, they tried that and the cost was just way too much, um, you know, giving up a bunch of picks. But, you know, we talked with, with Royce about that and, my goodness that you feel like that's the reason you stockpile all those things is to move up and and take someone. Um, The giddy kid from Australia may end up being fantastic. I don't know. I suck at predicting whether basketball players are going to be good or not. Um, I will
1: predict this. He will be popular amongst the fans. Okay, good. Because he's got a great accent and he's handsome. Easy. Boom. And
2: really that's all that matters, you know? Of course. Really if, all if they're that gonna matters. lose
1: games, at least we're gonna enjoy how the guys look, you know.
2: It's just it's such a thunder pick <laughs> that it drives you insane. You know, it's like we 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 need something to latch on to to be excited about, and we pick a guy that nobody has ever heard of or seen play, there's no connection to him whatsoever. So it's hard to get excited about it, but you know, there's some good comparisons out there.
1: Someone was like, can you believe they took Giddy at six? And I was like, yes, of course I can believe it. It's the most Sam Presti draft pick of all time. What do you mean? Can you believe it? You know, you have to study the international guys when you're dealing with Presti, it's always an option now. Okay. I went down a Josh Giddy rabbit hole and after everything I could find YouTube clip wise and all the reading I did about him, this appears to be the consensus. He is an elite passer. He's got the size right at six, eight, and he's got great vision, makes his teammates better. Sounds like he is a great teammate. And you heard Presty kind of talk about how high character of a guy he is and how all the guys they drafted are, but He just can't defend and he can't
2: shoot. So, which, okay. (laughs) You know, can't you get both huge requirements in the NBA. Now you don't have to have both of them at the same time, but you have to have one of them.
1: I reached out to one of the guys at the ringer and asked him about giddy. I was like, tell me about it. He goes, he, one of the terms that he goes, he's a below the rim athlete.
2: <laughs> I was like, what?
1: Which below is hard the... to
2: do when you're six, eight, which,
1: Hey, we'll see you below the rim athlete. <laughs> I thought that that was so good, but uh... okay. I, I think him and Shay will be a really fun backcourt. To watch and shocker, Shea didn't get traded. He's about to su- he's about to sign a max extension, also. So, what it sounds like, but I think they'll be really fun to watch. Eventually, I'm not sure when we're gonna start having fun watching them, but it does, it does, it, it did seem like it indicate indicates another long season for us Thunder fans. Right. When, right. When he picked him, I was like, Oh gosh, you
2: know, it was, it was the, Oh, we suck again. <laughs> Which, Hey, if, if you know, you're going to suck again, I guess there's no reason to trade up and get a player that you think isn't going to, like. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's they probably it's tried frustrating, to move but it's not. I'm sure they tried, but, you know, it's hard to move up in what everyone considers like a five person draft. It's hard to move up into those five. You know, it's going to cost you a lot to move up.
1: Especially so, when five is Orlando and they've missed on draft pick after draft pick after draft pick. And they find they're like, oh, my God, what? What? We, we're the luckiest people alive. And that's why I think Jalen sucks. Like, it's just not going to work. He's in Orlando. Just not yeah. going
2: to work. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, so, do you think because we're in tank mode, he's going to be – he's not going to be like a D-League guy. He's going to be there. I bet he starts. Yeah.
1: I mean, why not? I mean, if we're going to suck, let's suck. I want to watch – I, I, I want to see – it Now, this – I will not lie that this quote gave me – it gave me hope because were you a Luke Longley guy back in the day with the Bulls? Uh, yeah, I, I, it wasn't bad. I, I shot a hook shot or two in the driveway with a, oh, Longley, you know, yeah. tossing it up. So for those of you that don't know who Luke Longley is, he was a center on those championship Bulls teams, massive human being. He's also Australian, and he's an assistant on the Australian national team. And this is what he said about Josh Giddy, quote, I think his court vision and his spatial awareness and his understanding of the game is on the same level as Lamelo Ball. I'd be really surprised if he doesn't kick some ass. Hmm. Lamelo Ball, rookie of the year.
2: Yeah, just saying. Yeah.
1: Come on, believe in Luke Longley's statement. No. Come on, Ted. Positivity.
2: I like. I'm um, no. I like that because I'm sitting here trying to think. Is like. Would you classify LaMelo Ball as a below-the-rim guy?
1: I would describe him as a guy that never really gets to the rim. He just yeah. shoots floaters.
2: Yeah, so it. I'm trying to think. as like, yeah, because he's not like an explosive athlete. I was like, okay, yeah. This is
1: kind of – and these are some of the comparisons like athleticism-wise. I don't wise. think
2: he's 6'8". LaMelo Ball's not 6'8", either, is he?
1: No, he's tall,
2: though. Yeah. But you look at –
1: you look at, like, Kyle Anderson was one of the athletic comps for Josh Giddy. Someone was like, he's, he's just like Joe Ingles. I was like, how can he be like Joe Ingles and not be able to shoot? What? But they said athletically.
2: But yeah. well, okay. Joe Ingles has some flashes
1: where you're like, damn, dude, okay. But- yeah,
2: Joe Ingles is like, I can't say that he's, like, great defensively, but he annoys the hell out of players on the defensive end, and he can shoot. Those are two skills that I've been told the Giddy Kid does not possess, but athletically okay.
1: And and you're hoping the shooting develops, but I I will say this, and I am not comparing Josh Giddy to Luka Doncic. I'm not doing that so everyone calm down. But Luka's success has changed my thinking a little bit on how athletic you need to be to be a great player in the NBA. Now, Luca is more athletic than people give him credit for. He's 6'8, he's thick, he's strong, but it has made me reevaluate things and think that, like, body control and understanding angles and knowing how to use your body, especially closer to the rim, may be more important at times than just being a crazy good athlete. So that's what I'm sticking with. I'm sticking with the positive mindset, Ted that Josh Giddy is going to turn into, like, some Joe Ingles, Luka Doncic hybrid player, and he's going to be the face of Oklahoma City basketball along with Shea for, like, the next 10 to 15 years. That's where I'm at mentally. That seems like a stable okay. position to take, right?
2: Uh, yeah, you're not holding him up too high there, but um, that's going to really depend on if he develops a shot.
1: Right. And yeah. I,
2: I don't you. know. I mean, he's young, he's 18, but right, is that something that you need, is that something you need to already possess or is that still developed at, at this this stage in the game? You know what I'm saying? You feel like you've got to have like, to be able to hit, you know, 28 footers like Doncic does with someone in his face is like, you feel like you've got to have a really good basis of shooting before you ever get to that stage.
1: Yeah, and, and you go back and look at, you know, Lucas shooting numbers when he, right. When he gets in the league, it's not like he's some knockdown shooter. Mm-hmm. So it it's going to be interesting. And it sounds like Giddy's a guy that's always been, you know, a guy that plays with the ball in his hands a lot. Right. And may not have played off the ball a ton up to this point in his career. And when you're six, eight and that good of a handle and all those things, like that makes sense, but it's
2: a good place. You to know, start. With,
1: with SGA, I mean, he's going to be off the ball a lot. So, he, he better improve as a catch-and-shoot player, right? Because mm-hmm. he's going to get a lot of open looks. So we'll we'll see. But I know a lot of Thunder fans were like, what, really? I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by what we're going to see from this kid. And hopefully it just doesn't crash and burn. That would be so depressing.
2: Well, I don't know. You take an 18-year-old international player, there's a there's a high percentage of crash and burn.
1: But he's played – I mean, he's been playing pro ball. Like, it's not like he wasn't playing in a good league, you know? Yeah. So, you, you've watched him play against men, right, playing against really good players, professional players. So, I don't know. We'll see. But the Thunder had the 16th and 18th pick, end up trading the 16th pick to the Rockets for two more first round picks that I was shocked. Presti, he had just taken the giddy kid with six. The big Turkish dude, Shigun, was there. He was on the board. I was like, oh, come on, Turkish guy. Here you come. Come on to Oklahoma City. I know you're coming. But And that's who the Rockets end up drafting, right, when they trade for it. Mm-hmm. But the Thunder also end up adding, you know, trading for Derek Favors which got him another first round pick. That was the day after, but I think I've officially lost count at this point of how many first round picks the thunder have moving forward. I, I just, when someone's like, how many picks do the thunder have? I just go shit ton. That's my answer now,
2: <laughs> which, uh, is a lot. Okay. It's a lot. I, I don't know how to keep track of it either. I quite frankly gave up trying to keep track of how many are there and at what years they have them and what's protected and what's not.
1: You know, but, I know the number. It's seventeen in the next seven years. Still,
2: I uh, have a limited amount of, you know, brain space, and I got to use it wisely. I can't. Thunder draft picks takes up way too much space. I just, I outsource that. I don't keep it in my brain. Yeah.
1: No, I'm with you. But they end up drafting Florida's Trey Mann with the 18th pick. And, Ted, I was stunned. Stunned. He could shoot. 83% free throw shooter. Good free throw shooter. 40% from three his last year at Florida. I mean, strong pull-up jumper game. Some people think he's the best pull-up jump shooter in the draft. Beautiful floater. Nice touch in the lane. Once again, probably not the most elite athlete, but I was reading some things. I guess he's still growing. Like he had this growth spurt between his freshman and sophomore year. And he was like, I haven't been back to the doctor in a while. I I don't know if I'm still growing or not. I think I am. I was like, what, how have you not been to the doctor? You just went through the NBA draft process. What do you mean you (laughs) haven't been? That's all you've been doing is getting poked and prodded and measured. Like what?
2: Yeah, he he was measured independently by uh, 30 different people, but he can't remember or doesn't know. Um, Interesting. I'll tell you, there's two scenarios here, and there's only two scenarios. This is how this goes down with the player that can shoot. He either stays a thunder and his percentages absolutely tank, like all of the three-point shooters that have come to the thunder, or – he never plays the game here and goes somewhere else. Those are the only two options.
1: Don't listen to him, Trey, man. You can do it, <laughs> brother.
2: You can do it. You got it, man. Someone's got to break the cycle of shooting better with the Thunder than they did previously. And maybe there's been a couple of guys that do that. Maybe Dort did that. But
1: I I, I was reading some things about him. I guess he is ultra confident. That was the term that was used. Ultra confident. Confident and so confident, in fact, that some teams didn't like him because of his level of confidence.
2: So, sounds like a fun guy to be around. Hey, <laughs> if he can come off the bench and get buckets, dude, I don't care. You, you Jackson. Those,
1: those guys in the locker room won't care if he can come off the bench and knock down threes, like act how you want, man. It's all good. But, Who was see, did you see that what video? Season? I guess right after he got drafted, he went and got like a shooting workout in right after that. Dad, that's the thunder culture. If I've ever seen it, baby, let's go oh, Trey, man.
2: I like it. I, I was just thinking that what, who was it that had the quote on Reggie Jackson about his confidence? Like he's like, has a delusional amount of confidence or something. That's like what that you in the want. I want my players to have that. That's right. It's good. I love that's it. what you
1: need. And then the thunder end up taking Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Villanova product who I actually liked watch playing uh there in the early second round uh, packed a couple picks because they knew he was going to go at 33 get him at 32 plays really hard we'll see if he's the guy that can help them uh, maybe a small ball five for the second unit or something like that you can never have too many guys that bring the energy ted so uh, a couple other picks but you know those are kind of the main ones i wanted to hit on what do are you call- are you pleased with presty
2: uh it's hard to know. I, it all depends frustra- on Giddy, right? Yeah. It's frustrating to say, or it's frustrating to know that we had all of those picks, all of those assets. You would hope you're stockpiling those to be able to package something, to move up and take a player that you really like. It's hard to know like what, like what, what people were asking for, that they weren't able to do that. So I trust that they tried, and it wasn't worth it to them. So... I'm 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 happy
1: does does it make you feel better because it certainly may f- made me feel better when I started reading these reports does it make you feel better that sources of course sources say that Golden State was going to take giddy at seven because it made me feel better I was like well if golden State wants them then yeah we want them too hmm. right it made me I was like okay okay because it did. T- People, a lot of people's reaction was, wow, wow six is high for Josh Giddy. But if Golden State was going to take him at seven, then it makes me feel yeah. better about it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it does. That's how I feel. Yeah,
2: if, yeah as long as there, you, you feel there's uh, safety in numbers, right? If, if other people were kind of thinking the same thing uh, that you were, then it makes you feel a little bit better about it. And you can always later say, well, Golden State was going to take him at seven. It couldn't have been that bad they had the same information we did so yeah. yeah all in all i'm fine with it it's 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 not what we had hoped whenever we are in the depths of a of a tank season and hoping about the upcoming draft but there's always next year we could be worse next year and have a better pick so there's that to look forward to
1: well <laughs> That's one way of framing it, man. All right. Let's get to our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, Connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. And guys, summer is here, and you know what that means. It is hard seltzer season, baby. And there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer from Coop Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. It's made in Oklahoma, and it is absolutely delicious. Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you and go follow them on social media at at will and Wiley. If you're drinking some of a because of us tag them, let them know. As always, Ted kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend?
2: Well, I thought about going with Kawhi Leonard, uh, cause it looks like he's going to turn down the $36 million option and become a free agent. Now, maybe he re-signs with the Clippers. That's what some people have said that he's expected to do, but, uh, when you turn down $36 million of guaranteed money, that means there's some really, really, really good things ahead of you. And uh, be able to sign another Max deal, extend that out uh, if he wants to. He's got a lot of options on the table, and he's going to make a ton of cash coming up. What do you think he's going to stay with the Clippers?
1: So I, I was very confused when he opted out, because if he opts in, he can actually make more money from the Clippers. And I, I saw Bobby Marks put put something out there. He said the smart play has always been for Kawhi to opt in to his thirty six million dollar contract and then sign a four year one hundred and eighty five and a half million dollar extension that would start in twenty twenty two. Although Leonard would lose three point three million in twenty one. He would be awarded with a $50.2 million salary in the last year because Kawhi has been with the Clippers for only two years. He doesn't have full bird rights. The early bird rule would restrict Leonard to a four-year $176.2 million contract if he declines the option. So if he would have opted in, he would have locked in himself for $217 million over... Five years since he didn't do that, he is going to make 176 over four. I'm not very good at math, but one of those numbers is bigger than the other.
2: Well, yeah, I guess it, you know, it all comes down to which, what, which, what is that? It's a great reminder that
1: none of us have any clue how the NBA salary cap or those contracts right. work. I was like, because I, I was the same as you. I was like, oh, he opted out. Of course he did. He's going to get a boatload of money. And Bobby Marks, the, You know, kind of the cat nerd was like, wait a second. This is weird.
2: Well, here's the thing, though. It's it's not that the big difference is what is that fifth year worth? You know, five years down the road, who knows what he's going to be able to sign for as an unrestricted free agent. But but the problem with him is he keeps getting hurt, Ted. No, it's true. Yeah, it's true. There's no doubt. I guess um, the availability to to maybe move or look at a different place has to be worth something as well. But you know, who knows what the the landscape of the NBA looks like four or five years from now? That it you may look back and say, "Gosh, revenue's gone down." He could have locked himself into this huge deal. What a mistake! Or could say that. The players continue to get a bigger share. Revenue's gone up, and because of that, that fifth year is going to be worth way more. So it was smart that he didn't lock himself into it. I don't I, know.
1: I don't think he's going to sign a four year deal. I think he's going to do what we all thought Durant was going to do: keep
2: signing the one year stuff. The,
1: the one. Remember when we all were talking about Durant re-signing with the Thunder before you know before he left for Golden State, right? Mm-hmm. We we're all talking about hey, he's going to sign a one and one to get himself to what was it like the 10 years of service or whatever. And then I saw the number for Kawhi. He could do a one-on-one, become a free agent in 2022, where he then could sign a five-year max that has like that escalator in it for $235 yeah. So Because it wouldn't make any sense for him to sign a four-year deal now at all, like just looking at the numbers. So it's got to be the one-on-one and then going for that, you know the big five-year, because remember that I don't remember the You get a ton of
2: money, like kicks in. Yeah, you get a ton of money, and you still have some maneuverability, and you're not locked in. Uh, but he wasn't my winner. It's hard to go from talking those numbers to uh, my winner, who is Spencer Rattler, who I saw him doing his first signing. Uh, I saw him up there with Emmett Smith and. The man's officially getting paid for stuff, and I know he's already announced some of, some of his different things, but uh, did a signing, probably came home with a boatload of cash, so good for Spencer Rattler.
1: Do we – and we could probably just ask him. He'd probably tell us, right? we just ask him, like, hey, well – I mean, if it's you and Emmitt Smith, I assume Emmitt's getting more, you know? Yeah. But wasn't it,
2: like, Chicago – It was in Chicago, and I think it was. They were charging like a hundred bucks for an autograph and like a hundred dollars for a picture or something like that. Maybe it's 150. It's 150. 150 for an autograph, 150 for a picture. Um, So I think the way those things usually work is they just pay him a flat fee, and he goes up there. And if a thousand people sign up, he signs for his allotted amount of time. And whoever puts on the event gets that money, but they still pay him his flat fee. If no one shows up, he still gets that flat fee. I think that's usually how that works. But um, that may not have been what happened there. But if, if, if you're doing one with, with Emmett, there's going to be some people there, and he's probably going to get some, some, some decent cash for that. So good for him. Good for him.
1: Got some spending money. Good for him. That, man, I wonder what he's going to do with it. But gross stock mutual funds, if I had to guess.
2: Yeah, probably.
1: He's probably got money. He's, all, he's got all that stuff lined up. Yeah, that is, a, that's that's awesome. You, you want the head, or the head, you want the starting quarterback for the Sooners making a lot of cash. That's good. That's good for the program, in my opinion. So,
2: nice. I know what I would have done with it, and it would not have been... It would not have been good.
1: Pitchers at brothers on a Thursday
2: night. <laughs> yes. yep, Yep. That's probably exactly right. That's funny.
1: all right. Who is your loser of the weekend.
2: I thought about going with Evander Kane. Oh my God. Dude. <laughs> Betting on game. Allegedly. Betting on games. And throwing them.
1: Woo. You talk about an allegation. Now I saw that and I was like, wait,
2: what? Careful, uh, careful getting a divorce from someone that knows all of your secrets, right? Dang, she just threw it out. Vander Kane uh, going through a divorce with his wife, and she threw it out on her Instagram, like directly going to the NHL commissioner. How can the NHL let one of their players uh, bet on their own games and win money off of it, throw games for cash. I mean, straight hammered him, and then everyone's like, "Whoa!" Start looking into his history, and he's been he's been into it legally with some casinos and, and stuff. So, I all an allegation, but that doesn't seem like something that she would just make up out of the blue. Could be wrong though.
1: Yeah, I hey. Innocent until proven guilty, but, whew.
2: Ouch. Yikes. That's going to leave a mark Uh if they uh, start snooping around and find out any of that happened.
1: Uh, I guess his only defense, and I just I, – I saw his statement he put out. He note-staffed it. That's how you know it was serious. <laughs> <laughs> he he note-staffed it. But he – he did point out that uh, he did have like his most consistent and like one of his statistically best seasons recently. So I, I don't know. I don't watch a ton of NHL until the playoffs. So I don't watch a lot of the sharks.
2: (laughs) I have roasted. Yeah. I thought about that and he definitely would qualify, but Buffalo bills. Maybe moving to Austin, Texas, amongst other cities uh, out there. The uh, apparently ownership, uh, they are under contract through what the 2023 season there and are asking for a $1.5 billion deal to build a new stadium. Um, The state of New York is going to have to figure out a way to come up with some some funding to build a new stadium. It's basically an ultimatum thrown out there by Buffalo. And there's talks of some other cities, Portland, Austin, a uh, small Portland. group of uh, yeah, yeah, right. seem good, but uh, they've thrown it out there. So I don't know, man. I Look out. Bill's mafia, you take away. That's all they have up there. That's it. You take away their NFL franchise and they are not going to be happy.
1: We have both lived right there. Whenever Ted. they get good, <laughs> we have both lived there. There is no way in hell the Buffalo Bills are leaving Buffalo. I would be shocked. I, I can't. You're right. I cannot imagine that town without that team. The Sabers are awful too. So it's like there's no way that team. Gives a lot of people in that city purpose. You, uh, the NFL needs some of those teams, right? You're, you're not going to get something similar to the bills mafia in Austin. You're just not.
2: I'll tell you what's funny of all of the teams ever in the NFL, like, there's been some teams that have moved, right? The, the Rams have moved. The Raiders have moved. Um, the Cardinals have moved. You're just reminding me. Have you uh, ever seen basketball? Uh, God, it's been forever. forever there's that scene ago. where
1: they talk about the team, the pro teams moving to different cities. Yeah. And he's like, and the, and the St. Louis Jazz moved to Utah where they don't allow music. <laughs>
2: there's so good here's the thing like of all the franchises Uh that have moved and kept their name it all just kind of ends up making sense the austin bills really does not make any sense at all (laughs) (laughs) it only makes sense in buffalo so i i don't know you're probably right i wouldn't I wouldn't think that the the government there would allow that that franchise to head out of town, but guess you never know. Uh, other governments have messed around long enough to to watch a team leave. so I don't know, we'll see.
1: Yeah, I really that would suck. Okay, are you looking to buy or sell a house in the OKC metro area? I just used the Ronaldo Cloud group to sell my old house, and it was so easy and stress free. Stacia Rinaldo and Maddie Cloud are with Sage Sotheby's International Realty. They believe in prompt communication an honest relationship and luxury service. And that is exactly what they gave me. You can reach them by emailing Stacia at stacia at sagesir.com. That's S-T-A-C-I-A at S-A-G-E-S-I-R.com. Or you can contact them on Instagram at at sold by Stacia and at sold by Maddie underscore. You will not regret it. Okay. For my winner of the weekend, thought about going. With Esteban Ocon, Ted, does that name mean anything to you? No. Okay. We we got to get you into Formula One. You got to watch more of the show. He gets his first Formula One win at the Hungarian Grand Prix, Grand Prix, Grand Prix. And so I've been saying Alpine, like that's the, the like the sponsor of the or like the the car. It's like Alpine Renault. Yeah, turns out I think it is Alpine after hearing more people that actually follow the sport. So I've just been saying it wrong, which is hey, I'm new to this. It's fine. I'm learning, baby. I'm learning. But dude, I've learned this is one thing I've learned in my short Formula One fandom wet track, chaos. I mean, absolute chaos. Start of the race, wet track. People running into each other. Botas just drilling both Red Bulls like he did it on purpose. <laughs> it was it was madness. But Ocon owes a lot to his Alpine teammate Fernando Alonso for refusing to let Lewis Hamilton pass for what seemed like forever. So Ted, I was I didn't know what they called it, but a car in front of the other, and the guy that was in front of him. Best best Formula One driver in the history of the sports behind him. Got the best car. Mercedes. Name's Lewis Hamilton. You've probably heard of him. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, Fernando Alonso is in front of him, and his teammate is in first place. He's in fourth. And he is just blocking Hamilton all over the track for, like, multiple laps. And I was trying to make – I was going to tweet and make, like, a man, man – fernando Alonso, basically the 85 bears with this defense but (laughs) i didn't know if that's what you called it i was like what do you you call this is it like blocking do they call it blocking should i make an offensive line joke i was trying to make a football related formula one joke and i didn't know enough uh, about it but so i tweeted and asked i was like okay what, what, what do you call this what's he doing and it's it's defending or or defense so i would the joke would have landed. I like two people that follow me on Twitter would have gotten it, but I I should have trusted my gut. Damn
2: it. You should have made a video asking and saying, what's this guy for Alpine Renault doing uh, blocking? <laughs> so I knew you say it
1: Renault because of the show. Alpine uh, hasn't showed up in the show yet. That's going to be uh, in the new season. What's so great. Damn it. Such a noob. It's okay.
2: Awesome. At least I know I
1: am. I will say Alonso playing defense in front of Hamilton, not letting him by. Maybe the most entertaining thing that I've watched so far in my short uh, F1 fandom.
2: But like it's pretty it. cool, dude. I like that you're getting into this. I'm going to have to. Sunday morning. What else are you doing? Uh, you want the list? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, but I need. So, where are you watching it? I it's on ESPN. Okay. Like it's a big,
1: like you wake up in the morning. It's on ESPN. Boom. First thing to start doing that. That'll be good. And it's kind of like, you don't have to pay that close of attention. One thing that you'll love about it. I, I love when you can just tell how much announcers love their sport. Dude, the formula one guy, I don't know his name. I know his voice. I don't know his name. This dude brings it every single race, bro. I mean, <laughs> no lulls. He is pedal to the metal excitement the entire time. It is exhilarating,
2: bro. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ah, oh, makes my day.
1: All right. But my winner of the weekend, Suni Lee. And I think I'm saying that right. Right. That's how everyone's saying it, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because she wins bronze. In the uneven bars. She went silver as part of the USA in the team competition, but she wins gold for the red, white, and blue in the all around. And yeah, we know. We all know that if Simone Biles would have been in the right headspace, that Suni Lee won, wouldn't have won. We know that. But Simone Biles wasn't in it and she capitalized in the moment, man. I mean, she, it, and it was awesome seeing her perform it was awesome seeing her family's reaction it was it was just really cool and winning a gold medal is really good there's there's no doubt about it but she is my winner of the week in Ted because she may have some of the best timing I've ever seen in sports you graduate high school well like 2 months ago or whatever may I assume she's 18 years old you graduate high school you go win gold in the all around in the Olympics. And she is now heading to college. She will be going to Auburn in the fall where she will be able to make boatloads and boatloads of cash with the new name, image and likeness rules.
2: It's amazing. It's uh, she's going to be rich, bro. Like not like doing. Okay. She is going to be rich. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, you think of even gymnasts at Oklahoma, like Maggie Nichols, has a huge following, and she would have made a ton of money uh, at OU during her time if the NIL was was up and running at, at that point. But yeah, dude, when the gold in the uh, in the all around—that's that's, that's going to be worth some serious cash. You think about gymnastics and like swimming, some of these sports where. They go to the Olympics whenever they're 17, 18, 19 years old. Got a chance for a huge payoff.
1: As as Auburn's gymnastics coach Jeff Graba said, thank goodness for NIL. <laughs> that guy's going, yes, yes. But it's just funny because everyone thought, and we just talked about Rattler, right? Probably made a lot of money off that signing. She's going to make a lot more money than Rattler.
2: I mean, oh, Rattler's probably only gonna be one close. there one year. It ain't close. I haven't, um, I haven't looked at her Twitter, but it's all about your reach and like how many followers you have on Twitter. That's like the most important thing. Um, like it, it's about.
1: She has 1.2 million followers on Instagram.
2: There you go. I think Rattler has like like 55, sixty thousand on Twitter. That ain't even in the same stratosphere, right there. So Rattler
1: three hundred seventy eight thousand on Instagram. So yeah, he's got some. uh, He's got some work to do to catch old Lee. And I was, I was thinking about going
2: to grow really quickly, but with her. And
1: and I was thinking about like, okay, realistically, what type of money will she be able to bring in? And I realized like I, I couldn't even venture a guess. So I went, I went and looked up. Brian Harson and Bruce Pearl's contracts. And Harson makes five two five a year, five point two five million a year. And Bruce Pearl makes 3.9 million a year. And I was like, is she going to get in that route? I was like, is she gonna be one of the highest paid people on Auburn's campus? And I was like, it's I can't imagine she's gonna be what one of the four or five highest paid people on that campus, I bet.
2: I think she'll make more than that. If you have like a million followers on, on a social media site, you get paid like a hundred thousand dollars for a tweet. Just like what, like whatever it is you can, that's like, if you can hit a million people instantly, like targeted that quick, that's how much that's worth that direct marketing. So She she'll make yeah she'll make probably way more than that I would think so
1: awesome it's crazy man (laughs) let's go Sunil way to represent for the red white and blue as you know Ted I am I'm all about watching America win in the Olympics that's why I watch that's why I watch okay for my loser of the weekend I thought about going with all men and this includes me all men that were watching Olympic swimming with their significant others because. Caleb Dressel, my goodness, that bod, those tats, that is that is one hunk of man meat. And I, I, I've never been someone that had trouble talking about how attractive I think a man is. <laughs> and he would get out of the pool. And then he cried. He cried, and somehow he made that hot. I was oh, like, what are we wow. doing? I mean – I uh, mean, Andy won five gold medals. I mean, so this he's guy, got the,
2: he's got the fame, this guy, he's got all of that. He's got the looks and then he's going to show his emotional side on national television as well. Well, that's, that's the trifecta. He just hit there.
1: Yeah. So it, I, if, if any guys listen to this and be like, dude, why are you talking about him like that? If, if you haven't seen the guy straight smoke show of a man, like <laughs> it's just deal with it. <laughs> get more comfortable with yourself because that dude is straight up hot, Ted. And guess what? Guess what I did Sunday? I swam in the I pool. I, I, was to... like, oh, okay, I was like, I was like, like you got to get right, man. Got to get like Dressel. Hit some laps, huh? Well, we have a small pool, so I mm-hmm. bought this like bungee cord thing that I can attach to the umbrella like pole in the back. We got like that one of those heavy umbrellas right in the I back see. that doesn't get blown. And you can just, just, just like yourself. attach it and it's like elevated a little bit, like six feet off the pool because we have this like little ledge thing. I don't know. It's easier to describe, but it's just like, it's basically just a resistance cord and I'm swimming in place.
2: It and does I it give dial. you a little bit of lift since it's up above you, since it's coming yeah, down. Yeah, well, the, an That's
1: a, the resistance. It's like pulling me, but I'm in the water. Good, dude. I'm just, it was, that's, that stuff's exhausting, bro. Yeah. No wonder Caleb Dressel
2: looks so good. My God. I was on the swim team in junior high, man. And good. Well, I was then. Yeah. I've, I have to go through and see if I can find some old speedo pictures. <laughs>
1: yeah, Now we're talking. <laughs> now the group of like the housewives of OKC that I was told that they watch this on YouTube every once in a while together. They're going to want
2: to see those. Well, I was in junior high, so probably not.
1: (laughs) Okay, good point. Yeah, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that one alone. All right. But, oh, I also thought about, for my loser of the weekend, thought about going uh, with Hideki Matsuyama, right? And he won the Masters this year. He's having a good year, people. But was only one back with four holes to play. Ended up not even meddling. Uh, got knocked out on that first playoff hole, you know, battling for the bronze with all those other guys, putting, let him down Ted. But luckily our man, Shoffley Xander Shoffley representing the wed, red, white, and blue. You talk about putting dude. That dude was
2: unconscious
1: with that the flat course stick.
2: was awesome. I loved that course. It was beautiful. That was, that was sweet. Uh, that was, that was fun watching the, uh, Shocking. Well, I guess it's not shocking, but the Olympic golf has been. I think that's been pretty cool to watch and to follow. I, I think it's like my
1: favorite thing I've watched so far. It's pretty good. Like I yeah. really enjoyed it. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm playing more golf, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was great. But my loser of the week: college football playoff expansion. The twelve-team CFP because. I think we were all expecting the CFP management committee to get the CFP board of managers to approve the format when they meet in September. And I always thought that once that got approved, that they'd be able to renegotiate the TV deal with ESPN and they'd be able to make it work where the 12 team playoff was going to start in like 2023, kind of at the latest. That's kind of what I was thinking. Well, Ted. Oh, you and Texas are going to the SEC, and all the fallout from that. It it appears it has changed the timeline for the 12-team college football playoff. Now, I still think that is happening. I still think we're going to get that that format. It just seems like it may take a little longer. The uncertainty of what will happen to the remaining eight members of the Big 12 has people wondering what the format for the new college, new version of the college football playoff should be. It's, it's weird because it seems the most vocal person when it comes to delaying approval appears to be the new PAC 12 commissioner, George Klyavkov, who basically said he thinks this all will delay expansion approval. And he said that they need to find a format that works for everyone based on more people's input. So we'll see where this all goes. But <laughs> Greg Seki's response to what Klyovkov had to say was so funny to me. He basically was like, and he didn't say these exact words, but it's kind of how I interpret it. He's like, yeah, the new guy doesn't really know what he's talking about. I mean, he
2: doesn't understand the biz.
1: He does, Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> understand the biz, but he basically, he, I think he even said like, well, he hasn't called and like, asked us about anything or like asked anyone. So yeah, but I, I also thought Sankey, he was like, yeah, I don't really care if it expands or not. The sec is getting in, right? We were doing this for everyone else. And yeah, old George out there in the PAC 12. Well, I don't know if he wants a team in or not, but it's, I I still think it's going to get done, but there's also some rumors now because remember that deal's up in 2025, right? That initial TV deal now with everything that happened and, you know, Bob Bowlesby expressing so much disappointment at ESPN. There, there's some rumors now that the decision makers may just want to have the college football playoff TV rights hit free agency. Is kind of the way it's been described, you know, let a, let a bidding war break out for the college football playoff and i've read some things that they even could take like an nfl playoffs approach where hey maybe maybe fox gets you know the quarters and maybe espn gets the semis and maybe you know
2: a streaming service
1: gets the final like where they bet they
2: draft it you know how they do everything else be able to pick whatever games yeah Uh, i think ultimately that would be the best that's how you get the most money that's, that's is, how
1: you would maximize the revenue that you would bring in. You know, you, you let them bid against each other as opposed to just now we'll we'll see. But I, I thought reading about that was pretty, pretty interesting. And I'm sure Bob Bowles, going, yeah, you know, I know ESPN wants it, but maybe we should take it to the open market. I, I could see our man Bob one uh, wanting, wanting that to play out after his uh, recent tiff with the worldwide leader.
2: Here's the thing. Uh, this is all posturing. Whenever you've got a chance to get 12 teams into the playoff and you're all of these uh, group of five conferences, um, Big 12 now, maybe without OU, who's the only person for the Big 12 that's made the playoff, Pac-12, who hasn't gotten anyone in, the last thing they're going to do is say, no. Let's wait until 2025 to make more money. Let's wait until these deals run out. What's another five years? I mean, that's a long, long time in in college football. God, look what's happened over the last six months. You know, can you imagine the, the world we live in five years from now? So it's all posturing. It's all negotiation, throwing it out there into the public sphere letting the SEC think about it, let ESPN think about it, they'll find a way to get to a 12-team playoff in 2023. There's I'm too like much it. money to be made. Right. There's too much money to be made. There's there's too many conferences and teams that stand to benefit to just say, nah, let the SEC continue to make all of the money by getting two teams in every year. No, that's not going to happen.
1: Uh, do you think Sankey just calls Klyavkov and is like, Okay, what do you want? Like what, what what's your format? He's like, Well, you know, I wanted it to be fair, you know, I want to get it, definitely want one of our teams in. He's like, Okay, yeah. Well, well, I don't know if you know this, George, but you, you guys have missed it quite a few times. So if we expand it, then you'll you'll probably get a team in. Maybe, hey, maybe some of yours you'll get too, and it'll be like, Oh, okay, yeah. Uh yeah, you're right. That sounds better. <laughs> yeah. Or hey, your champion will automatically get in in the new format. And if I do that for you, you gotta, you, you gotta help me out, right? There's gotta be, there's gotta be some at larges, And then all of a sudden he's convinced them to, to do a 12 team playoff.
2: Yeah. Here's what I would say. If I, if I was saying, y'all call Hey George, just wanted to call and thank you uh, for going to bat for us publicly like that. That was awesome because I was worried that we we're going to have to go to a 12 team playoff get a bunch of different people involved, but um, we're going to be able to keep the monopoly on everything right now. Five years, man, we're going to be able to drain everyone else in college football over the next five years. And whenever everyone goes to renegotiate after that, they won't have anything to stand on. Appreciate you, bud. Click. Click. I
1: I wish, I wish when you hung up your iPhone, it made the click, you know, like, it, it. like if it was that an option, an app idea. Well, you know, like back in the day, you know, with the landline. Like if you were mad, oh, what? No, blah blah, blah. And Like you're you're on the phone with someone, and then you hit them with a click, and that's straight up disrespectful, right? Yeah,
2: and you can like even like jostle the phone on the plastic before you that hang yes. up, so they know you're extra pissed. Right? Do that. There anymore, should man. be. You could have an app where you've got like your hang up options. Like a super angry click, or like a confused, like I'm, like if you're. Oh, trying- I'm going into a double click. Right. Yeah. Huh.
1: It probably exists. <laughs> probably. We're probably talking. There's probably like literally fifteen of those options in the <laughs> app store. On that note, episode one thirty four in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Thursday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from two to six on Sports Talk fourteen hundred. You can hear me from three to five on SiriusXM Big Twelve Radio channel three seventy five. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening and do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.